Hi, guys. Welcome back to Love God and Your Neighbor. This is Pastor Laura Hutchinson at First Christian Church in Anniston, Alabama. I want to thank you so much for coming back to us and for listening and for being a part of the family at First Christian Church. This has been a really difficult week this past week uh, leading up to Sunday. This past Sunday, we as a nation have had some scary moments, some really sad and depressing and overwhelming and um, confusing moments with the mass shootings in the Garlic Festival in Northern California, with the shootings in El Paso, Texas, in Dayton, Ohio, and then in Chicago, Illinois. We ask for prayers, or we are praying for our nation, and we are praying to God to guide us. And as a congregation, we decided that it was important for us to process together all of our feelings and all of the things that we were thinking this past Sunday in church. So I tabled my sermon. You'll be hearing that sermon that I had planned for this past Sunday, next Sunday. Instead, we just had a dialogue, a conversation, um, people sharing their thoughts and their feelings. It was a safe place. It was a place where people could share their emotions and share their thoughts and not worry about being condemned or being criticized for what they were thinking. Some people in our congregation are very liberal. Uh, some of them are moderate Democrats. Some are moderate Republicans. And some are very, very conservative Republicans. We have a wide variety of opinions and thoughts and feelings in our congregation. And it was still a safe place. So you'll hear a lot of that reflected in this dialogue. And maybe on some level, one of your thoughts or your feelings are reflected in the things that were said. Um, there was one gentleman who got cut out by accident with the recording, and so I will be covering what he said at the end of this podcast so that you can, so his voice will be heard um, and his thoughts will be shared also. I would like to invite you to join in in the conversation. Visit us at FCCAniston um, on Facebook and leave your comments below this podcast to share what it is that you're thinking and what you're feeling about how Christians should be responding, about how the church should be responding, about all of the things that we should be doing and thinking and feeling, um, and maybe not should, but just simply what we are doing and thinking and feeling. Um, because sometimes what we are doing may not necessarily be what we should do, and what we should do isn't necessarily what we are doing, but we're merely humans and we're doing the best we can. I hope that this is pleasing for you and is edifying for you and is spiritually uplifting for you and um, continue to pray for our ministry at First Christian Church. We love you. Thank you so much. Okay, so we are going to have a discussion today, and I would like to establish a few ground rules to make sure that we have this conversation peacefully, should we disagree. And the first one, of course, is to respect one another. Everyone has strong emotions about what has happened, and everyone has strong opinions about what could or should be done. The next one, of course, is to love one another. And then finally, to assume goodwill 
assume that no matter how someone might say something, their intentions are good and give them the benefit of the doubt. And so I don't have a whole lot of plans for this discussion, but I just wanted to open it up and see how you are feeling. Um, because I'm feeling overwhelmed by the news. I'm feeling overwhelmed and um, maybe even a little bit hopeless by the number of shootings and the number of deaths that we have seen for no reason. For no reason. Welcome. And so I want to know how you are feeling right now. Um, I knew Laura was going to do this this morning, so I, I wrote some things. Um, what I was thinking about this, because when I woke up this morning hearing about the, the shooting last night, probably after midnight, um, in the bar, it was just too much, three in one week. Um, and it does make you feel like you, you can't go anywhere anymore. Um, but these are my thoughts. I believe this is a spiritual issue, not a gun issue. I see the world through Christian eyes. We live in evil times. In the U.S., we have a hate issue perpetrated by the politicians, the press, various groups, black, white, Antifa, white supremacist, anti-LGBTQ, gun rights, churches even. In other parts of the world, the hate groups are drug cartels, African tribal hatred, Muslim sects, Christian sects, ancient hatreds like the Jews versus the Palestinians, and more. In the US, the mass killers are predominantly young white males. In Mexico, young cartel members, Hispanic. In the black community or in Africa, black on black killings. In the Middle East, sect versus sect of the Muslim groups from their heritage. In other words, hate and evil is everywhere, not just in this country. The Bible says Satan is the god of this earth. Look it up if you don't believe it. We are all sinners and fall short of the glory of God, every single one of us. The only answer is Jesus, period. We are to take his message to the ends of the earth, the Great Commission. Changing hearts is the answer, love rather than hate. Coming together to pray, to evangelize, to gather together in fellowship and love. All the churches should be bursting at the seams, and they're not. They're dying. We, as Christ believers, have fallen short. What can we do? We can put Christ above football, Christ above going to the lake, Christ above shopping, Christ above political rallies and cell phones and families. Christ first, I mean literally. These aren't just words. God is a jealous God, it says in the Bible. He wants all of us in everything we do. We are most likely in the end times, I believe. This may not end until Jesus comes again. These mass shootings are what Satan has chosen 
for now to create more hate, grief, division, sadness, gun control issues. <laughs> we individually must overcome the temptation to hate back, to be further divided. I have a friend who has the gift of prophecy, and I believe she truly does. I believe in the gifts of the Spirit in this day. I do not believe they ended when Jesus died. I believe that people are gifted with things today still. She had a vision years ago when I lived in the mountains and she was a part of my church where she saw that the Christians would be sorely tested in the days to come, where there would be circumstances that would test our steadfastness and our ability to love one another. I think we're in those times. I believe we are experiencing this right now. We must overcome. We must pull together and put Christ first. Prayer, fasting, fellowship, and love. And I believe that this church makes a very big attempt to do this. But I think we can even do more because we need to be here. We need to love one another as much as we possibly can. And that's all I needed to say. Laura gave me a nudge. Too much, Mom. <laughs> how, else, how is everyone else feeling? Or what are you thinking? Or what did you think when you read the news? I was just angry. Um, I'm, as my family can tell you, I'm slightly emotional about this right now. Um, we were watching the news story in... in Yes. in Jack's yesterday um, and I can't help but think and, and I don't mean to offend everyone I know that I don't live in the south and I've never been a southerner and I apologize for anybody that shares different beliefs than I but the hate and the fear that is coming out that we're seeing living out is not new it's not something that has it's not something that has just manifested in the last couple of years since the president has been elected. What the president of the United States has done is made it okay. He said red flag, or he said he said green green flag, or whatever the NASCAR terminology is. You can go now. You can hate. It's okay. We don't like these people for whatever reason. And so now all of the hate that people have locked up in their hearts and haven't been, a, haven't been willing to step out of their comfort zone and do publicly and live out is now okay and acceptable. Do I think that the president of the United States says, oh, you can go and shoot up all the Mexicans now? No, I don't think that. But unfortunately, the people that are following him are seeing his actions, seeing him tell people that are in our government that it's okay, that they need to go back to where they came from when they're from here. But that's not what the small-minded people of the country that are following him, and, and, and if you follow him, you may not be small-minded, but the small-minded small people that can't see past whatever glory they feel like he's going to bring to us is they are, they, all they see is it's okay to go out and it's okay to hate now. And so now they're saying that the, that the Hispanics are our enemy, the black people are our enemy, because the racism and the hate that is coming from the leader of our country, whom if they don't follow Jesus, they're following him, for whatever reason, they're letting go. So I'm angry. I'm angry that people can't see past 
whatever darkness is in their life and they're going to go out and try to kill all of these people and I'm afraid that it's not going to stop. And the only thing I feel like we can do, and I've been struggling with this even before all of these shootings have happened in the last couple of months, is what is my action? Our family is part of a group that is um, a part that is fighting for racial reconciliation in the Milwaukee area. It's an action-based group, and we've fallen behind because of summer activities and all of the things, like your mom said, um, that you know we like get into the way of the things that we should be doing, the action that we should be taking. Um, we've fallen behind on that, and I've lately been thinking, what is my action? And it's time we've got to take action. It's got to go beyond thoughts and prayers. We've got to step out and raise our voices. So, what does that look like? And the only thing I can think of that each and every one of us in this room and everywhere outside that can impact right now is to show up and vote. Learn who our politicians are that are leading this country. Because like it or not, yes, Jesus is Lord, God is Lord, all of that. Unfortunately, they're not the ones that are leading this country. And we got to put somebody else in office that's going to shut this hate down and at least try to restore some of the humanity that we've lost in the last couple of years. Thank you. Who else has something? How have you been feeling? Our general minister and president put out a call to action. Oh, did you want to say something? Are you raising your hand, Joe? Okay. Um, our general minister and president put out a, a call to action, uh, Terry Horde Owens. Um, she basically said that it is time for the churches to take a stand and to do something. That we talk about peace, we talk about love, we, we, we pray. Um, one of uh, several of my fellow pastors have been posting on Facebook that uh, thoughts and prayers are obviously not working. Um, and of course we're praying. Of course we're praying. In fact, I think that we need to be praying more. Perhaps we need to be praying is a group every week together just for peace in our country and in our world. But I also think that we have a voice and we can do something to be proactive about this. And so I'm curious to know what thoughts you have about that. What could we as a congregation or as a denomination do um, to possibly make this world a safer place? Joe, you're so on the edge. I can just see you. <laughs> what churches in the moral community have um, at their ready disposal and without tied, being tied to resources is a voice. Mm -hmm. We must speak out. And we must not be afraid that speaking toward morality might trip across some, some notion, someone's notions of what partisanism is. Morality is morality. Mm -hmm. And right now, I, I, I see that a lot of, uh, we, we seem to be faced with a choice of what is morality. There, there, if you look at how people vote, there, there's a lot of voting on one issue that's seen as moral, and that's abortion. 
Well, a lot of people voted that way in the last presidential election. And look at all the morality, immorality we're getting in other areas. I think we need to think beyond one issue and think of the big picture and, and have a voice. One of the things that I personally believe is a major part of the problem is that our government continues, has, has been cutting funding and continues to cut funding for mental health in our country. Mental health is a big issue in our country, and there is almost nothing out there for people who do not have good insurance. And this isn't, I'm not talking about the, uh, the Obamacare, I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is funding mental health and creating opportunities for people who are at risk and places for people who are in a position to catch people who are at risk to get help. As a pastor, I sit here in my church office and I have, over the years since I've just been in this congregation, I have sat with church members or people of our community who were suicidal. The only option for people who are suicidal in our, in our town or in our state is to go to the emergency room. I literally sat with someone in the hallway at the ER because there was no room for them. We sat in a very uncomfortable chair where all the nurses could see this person for 12 hours through the night. She was exhausted, passed out, so tired. And then they put her in a room, they gave her an Ativan, and they sent her home. That is all we have. And as a pastor, this, these people keep coming back to me over and over and over again because the pastors are the only ones who are affordable, but we are not qualified. We are not qualified mental health practitioners. And so I think that we need to be advocating for that as well. I, every time I read, and once we do know who the shooter is, very often there is some sort of mental health issue that has gone completely unaddressed. I've been doing some research. There are advocacy um, groups that um, are working to fund mental health and who say, they said, people who are mentally ill are not dangerous inherently. But there are factors that add to the danger. There are, if drugs and alcohol can compound a problem. Uh, and lack of, of treatment, lack of treatment, an ongoing lack of treatment, and that is a problem. That's one of my biggest things. I do think that we need to be um, advocating for gun control. I do think that we need to be um, pushing for all kinds of things. But I think that mental health is an unspoken factor because people don't want to talk about it. And for the last 10, well, pretty much since just before Columbine, the government has been systematically unfunding mental health care in our country. And I think that it, we're seeing results of that. That's my opinion. I agree totally with all of these um, social issues and actions um, to do this, this kind of work. But as I said earlier, I don't think we should put aside and just kind of say, oh, well, yes, it's a, it's a spiritual issue. That God's people are not doing enough. And I think what they're not doing enough is they're not bowing down to God and saying, God, you are in charge and you can change all of this. You can overcome anything. God created this earth. He can overcome mass shootings and, um, and terrible wars and all these things. So I hate to hear 
um, statements like, well, yes, it's a spiritual thing, but we need gun control, and but yes, we do need all those things. But most of all, the people in this country need God. They need Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay. They need Jesus Christ. I'm sorry, Laura, but this is the main issue. I know. We as a church should be gathering weekly in the middle of the week to get on our knees and pray for this issue. Because God is listening. I disagree. He's not not listening. He's hearing us, and he is doing things. He's rising up people. He's rising up churches and people in prayer. I know one group that I was a member of for a while called the Governor's Prayer Group, and they are people who pray on a regular basis for the governors of their state and for all of the issues in this country and for the president of this country. Yes, Trump can be an idiot. <laughs> An absolute idiot, but he is the president, so we have to work with him. So we need to be praying for that man. Amen. We need to be praying for him on a daily yes. basis Amen. and believing that God can change his heart. We need to believe in our prayers. If God can use Paul to spread the word of God throughout the world, God can change Trump's heart. Amen. If God wants to. But I can't change Trump's heart. I try. I email him. <laughs> I haven't gotten any responses. Um, and so I do think that we need to be praying as a congregation. And I would like to see us using our voice to speak out. We are a congregation for the, that, that is taking a stand for social justice. Justice equals love. Justice is God. Justice is peace. Justice means that people have a place to go when they are in crisis. Justice means that people can walk around in this world and not be afraid. Justice means that people can live in peace to do what they want to do and what they feel God calls them to do without someone telling them that they can't. Justice is love. And so how can we be love in this world? I ask you to continue praying about this. I ask you to continue thinking about this. That is such an appropriate sound for this topic, don't you think? An alarm. It's getting louder while he walks away. How does that happen? I would like perhaps even to form a group of people in this congregation who would like to talk about uh, a task force to do something, to plan something, so we can use our voice more effectively and more completely, perhaps even calling on the other disciples' congregations in our region to speak out and to pray together. Perhaps even we can do a group prayer group uh, over Skype or over Zoom or, or, uh, or something like that with the disciples in our region as we pray for guidance and we pray for wisdom for our leaders and we pray for peace in our world. Are there any other comments? Amen. Oh, yes. I remember way, oh goodness, I don't even remember what year it was when we did Miracle Day here at First Christian Church of Anniston. Um, such big things happened when we did that. For those of you that were around, things that were said couldn't happen 
but we stood up here and said we're going to make it happen and that's what you and this church have the power to do goodness do i wish we were still here to be a part of the big things that could happen here at fcc anniston i 100 percent agree with everything that you said it is it's internalized everything you know it's got to start with us our actions what happens when we step outside of this door how we treat the person sitting next to us, how we look at another person. I'm guilty of it too. I foster my own biases. Every single one of us does, but how we handle them and how we show up in the world is what makes a difference. So one of the things that I said when we were going through the whole campaign of Miracle Day Forever, and it's a phrase that I live by every single day, and I have to remind myself, is surrender your fear to your faith. Whatever your faith may be, whether it be in God, whether it be in a higher being, whether it be in in other humans or love or whatever your faith may be each of us that's our own we own that but surrender your fear to your faith because when we step out and we're fearful of what somebody looks like or we're fearful of what someone might do or we're fearful that that guy toting a gun in the barbecue place in wisconsin like me i wasn't fearful i was angry but um you know when we're fearful, then we are setting up walls that are going to prevent us from being able to love God, from loving one another, from just love. So surrender your fear to your faith, because once we're no longer fearful, then we open the doors to what we're capable of and what needs to happen in order for us to be the change in this country. I'm going to end with some scripture. <clears throat> Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Jacob. Thank you, Mom. Thank you, everybody. I had scripture. Here it is. Isaiah 35, 4. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong. Do not fear. Your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you. John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. Romans 8, 38 through 39. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, nor the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And 2 Timothy 1, 7. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. I like that one. The spirit God gives us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Laura, what are the first two commandments? To love God with all your heart. You mean the greatest commandments? To love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Those are the greatest commandments, and those are the two things that we can do to change in this world. Hebrews 12, 14, make every effort to live in peace with everyone and be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. 1 Peter 3.11, they must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. 1 Peter 5.7, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. 1 Thessalonians 5.15, 
Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. And finally, James 3.18, peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. 1 Peter 3.11 is what's inspiring me today. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. I would like us to continue to work hard at being a church that seeks peace and pursues it. Peace starts with God, with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we are the hands and the feet of God. We are the body of Christ in the world. And so I pray that First Christian Church, that the Christian Church Disciples of Christ in Alabama and Northwest Florida, that the Christian Church Disciples of Christ in the United States, and that the Church Universal can bond together to be an agent of peace in this world. Amen. We had a gentleman uh, visit the church for the first time. He's actually somebody that has been working with us on a professional level with our internet and web um, design and all of that sort of thing. And he is uh, claims to be a non-believer who has been rejected by the church. He's LGBT. Um, and so the church has not really been there for him. And yet he still loves the Christian people because he has witnessed so many good people within the Christian faith. And so he says he tries to surround himself with Christians all the time because he sees the goodness and the kindness and the love in them so often. But he went on to say that he said he said that we could talk all day about gun control and mental health funding and anything else that we think might be the cause. But he said that we have to maintain our humanity because without our humanity, we have nothing. Um, he said that we have to love each other just simply as they are, accept people as individuals, regardless of their political beliefs or their sexual orientation or their religious beliefs. We just have to love each other for who we are. We have to love each other's humanity and from there, we'll do well. Um, I want to honor this young man and thank him for speaking. It is difficult to walk into a congregation where you don't know anybody. It is even more difficult to speak up and speak out uh, in a congregation where you don't know anybody. And it is triple difficult, triply difficult um, to speak out in a Christian setting that has historically rejected you simply for being who you were born to be. Um, and so he, I, I feel like he was very brave to speak out. And I believe that what he had to say summed up everything perfectly, that we can talk about gun control, and I think that's important, and we can talk about mental health reform and funding, and I do think that's important. And we can talk about political rhetoric and how that influences us and all of that, but ultimately it comes down to whether or not we are loving God with our whole hearts and whether or not we are loving our neighbor as ourselves. If we don't do those two things, then we have no hope of ushering in the kingdom of God into this world. And all we can do is lean back, sit back, and wait for God. But I think that God has called us to step out. I think God has called the church to be God's voice in this world and to be God's hands and God's feet. And so I think that we are 
obligated in our faith to do more than just sit back and wait for God. Um, and so I encourage you to prostrate yourselves before the Lord and to pray and then to ask God to guide you to take those prayers into action, into the world, to be love, to show love, to express love and forgiveness and mercy and kindness and all of the fruits of the Spirit. Let us go out into the world and to be love. Amen.